Luke chapter 9. Share some things with you that the Lord's been dealing with me about. I feel impressed to speak on for just about 10 minutes, if you'll allow me that. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Can I ask you a question? What'd that feel like? Does the Bible say in the disciples rejoice because of the, the feeling of power that they had in their bodies? Notice he gave them power and authority to heal all diseases and to cast out devils. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now this, uh, this same account is related over in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 10, I believe it is. And the whole 10th chapter is, is a uh, um, description of what Jesus said. Here in Luke's gospel, it summarizes just very simply to the, to the important parts, the most important parts at least. And that is, he said to them, take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor scrip, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatsoever house you enter into, there abide and thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you. Please notice that's the only qualification he puts on the power and authority he delivered to them. Whosoever will not receive you, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. What's he saying? The whole 10th chapter of Matthew is summarized by saying very simply this. In order for the power and authority to, to cast out devils and to heal diseases, the, perp, uh, the, the, the only qualification, the only thing that, that is necessary for that to work is for people to receive you, meaning believe that I sent you and that I gave you the authority to heal. In other words, faith. Find those that will believe and it will work. That's the only qualification he put. Just find people that will believe. You know, I think so many times we try to convince people when it's up to them. It's up to them to believe. Now, notice Jesus didn't say, now, the special ones, the ones that I especially want to heal, they'll have faith, and uh, the others, don't worry about them. It's not my will. Now, everybody's got an equal opportunity on this. Everybody has an equal opportunity. Everybody has the same chance to, believe, to hear and therefore believe. It's a choice. That's all it is. Healing is a choice. It's not a result of the right circumstances. It's not a result of hitting, getting God in the right frame of mind or having a, uh, being a part of the right service. It's a choice. Simple choice. Well, how'd that work for them? Verse 6. And they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Does that mean they didn't run into people that wouldn't, re wouldn't receive them? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It means God focuses on the people that will. Now, we know that this wasn't just for a select group because in chapter 10, he sends out 70 more. So Jesus didn't give the apostles, the 12, some kind of power that he wasn't willing to give anybody else. Now, what does it say about them? Turn with me over to the 10th chapter. It tells us about how that he, uh, verse 1, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place where he himself would come. And then it tells us most of the, uh, the first part of the 10th chapter about the things that he said. Now, notice it didn't say anything about giving them authority to heal diseases or cast out devils. But notice in verse 8 of Luke chapter 10, into whatsoever city you enter and they receive you. Same thing he said to the 12. If they receive you, eat such things that are set before you and heal the sick that are therein. And say unto them, the kingdom of God has come unto you. If they receive you. If they receive you. In other words, 
if they believe that I sent you. Now, what did they preach? They preached this man named Jesus. The miracle worker named Jesus gave us authority to heal the sick and told us to come here before he does. Verse 10, but into whatsoever city you enter and they receive you not. Same thing Jesus said to the twelve. Go out your ways, go your ways out into the street of the same and say, even the very dust of your city, which cleaveth on us, we do wipe off against you. Notwithstanding, be you sure of this, that the kingdom of God has come unto you. In other words, you had your chance to believe. Because believing is a choice. You had your opportunity. Your choice, not God's choice, not our choice. Your choice kept the power of God from working for you. They returned in verse 17. The 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Now, what do we see? We see Jesus sent them to heal. And they found out that casting out devils was part of the package too. You'll find in the preceding verses, Jesus doesn't say one word about casting out devils. But they used the name of Jesus when they encountered the devil. And they found out they had power and authority not only to heal the sick, but also to cast out devils. Just like the 12 did in the previous chapter. So Jesus doesn't seem to be stingy. I know the church has the idea that only special ones have this power. But Jesus didn't seem to be stingy with power and authority to heal sickness. None whatsoever. Now again, let me ask you a question. What would that feel like? Notice they didn't come back saying, wow, we've never felt such power in all of our lives. He said, we found out this stuff even works on casting out devils. You told us about sickness. We expected that. This stuff even works in casting out devils. Jesus tells us the great truth that's still true today in verse 19. Or verse 18, I'm sorry. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power, literally authority, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Is he giving them something that they don't already have? No, he's expanding on the power that they do have. He's saying, here's what that authority will do. It'll break all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Then he said, but don't magnify having power and authority over the devil. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now, folks, they just had a promise on what you've already realized. Because literally their names were not yet written in heaven. And couldn't be until Jesus was raised from the dead. You have it in reality when they just had a promise of it. They had authority over the devil with just a promise. That's what we know of as salvation. Now, we know that there's one case where this didn't work. We know in Matthew chapter 17, Mark chapter 9 gives us the same story. Matthew chapter 17 tells us about a man that brought his son to Jesus. Jesus wasn't there, and so the disciples tried to cast the devil out of the little boy, and it didn't work. And they asked Jesus later, they said, why couldn't we do this? Why weren't we not able to do this? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, he said, because of your unbelief. The story in Mark gives us a little bit more detail when the the father says, I brought my son to your disciples to cast him out, and they couldn't do it. Jesus responds to the father and says, O faithless generation, how long do I have to be with you? Bring him unto me. In other words, the faithlessness or the lack of faith is on the part of the father. Yet Jesus tells the disciples that their unbelief hindered the thing too. Now, why would they be in unbelief? He goes a little bit further and says, How be it this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting? But Jesus explains to them about faith. Matthew 17, verse 20, he said, Because of your unbelief, here's why it didn't work. Because of your unbelief. Something about this situation caused them to stop believing that it would work. 
If they didn't believe it would work, they wouldn't have started doing it to begin with. They wouldn't have laid hands on them like they did in Luke chapter 9, where they went everywhere healing the sick and casting out devils, preaching the gospel and healing the sick everywhere. They knew it works. Why didn't it work there? Something caused them to lose faith too. Now, I don't have any doubt what happened here, folks. They didn't recognize that the father wasn't in faith. They thought that since he brought his son to me, to us, Jesus not being here, since he's here and we're here, we've got power and authority to cast out devils and to heal sickness and disease. We'll just make this work. But they didn't recognize that the father's unbelief would nullify their effects. So when it didn't work, then they let fear get in. Then they started thinking, well, wait a minute. Why isn't this working? They forgot what Jesus told them. People have to receive you. They could have known just as easily as Jesus did what keeps the power from working. They could have known, but they didn't. But then Jesus goes further and he says, because of your unbelief, unbelief is what kept this from working. Because if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this sycamine tree, be uprooted by the roots and cast into the sea and it should obey you. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. What did it do? It changed what they said. It changed what they said. I imagine that something along the lines of speaking their their feelings about this. Maybe they said something like, well, this usually works. I'm not sure what's going on here. Let me me suggest another, another way to say this. Could Jesus have said, you let your fear keep you from believing? Something stopped them. Something stopped their faith from operating. In my experience, usually that's faith or that's fear that brings unbelief. Something caused them to think that it wouldn't work. Now, with that in mind, turn with me over to Matthew, to, uh, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 16. Let me close with this. Mark chapter 16. Here's what Jesus said. Not only to the disciples, certainly it applied to them because he gave them instruction, but he told us to do the same work as they did. He told us to do the same work that he did. Mark chapter 16, after Jesus' resurrection, the day that he was looking forward to when he gave some of the, uh, gave the disciples his promises. Notice he said in verse 15, and he said unto them, go into all the world, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, that's what they've already been doing. They went everywhere and preached the gospel and healed the sick in Luke chapter 9. Now, that's a different gospel though. Now, the gospel is the good news before was that Jesus had been sent to the earth to heal the sick. He's being used, of great, used greatly of God. They didn't even preach that he was the Messiah. They just said that he was been sent of God and he's doing great miracles and healing the sick. And he sent us here for him. Now, in Mark chapter 16, there's a new gospel. The new gospel is he's paid the price for sins of mankind and he's risen from the dead. Salvation is available. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. In other words, he that receives you shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be down. Same thing that was true in their earthly ministry, in Jesus' earthly ministry. Whosoever receives you, the blessings of God are theirs. Whoever receives you not, the blessings of God are withheld. Same thing. It's the choice of faith. Verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them to believe. Now, what are we supposed to believe? Oh, Pastor Mike, don't you know how hard it is to believe? How hard was it for you to get saved? You may have held out. You may have heard the gospel many times before you responded. But once you decided to surrender, 
It was easy as pie. You just said, okay, Lord, I surrender. Jesus, come into my heart. How hard was that? It was when you made a choice. So here's what Jesus said. This sign shall follow them that believe in my name. He's talking about being saved. He's not talking about some special faith to make power work. He's talking about being saved. These signs shall follow. Other translations say these signs shall follow the believing ones. These signs shall follow the believing ones. Well, what signs are going to follow the believing ones, Jesus? They shall cast out devils. That's part of what they did when Jesus was here on the earth. They shall speak with new tongues. Well, that's different. And that's a faith proposition. Every time you open your mouth to speak with tongues, after you're filled with the Holy Spirit, every time you open your mouth to speak with tongues, it's a faith proposition. You expect it to work, but the utterance comes from God, not from you. It's not something we're thinking up. So every time it's a step of faith. But you don't think about it. You're accustomed to it. You're used to it working, so you don't stop and think, oh, boy, I hope I have utterance this time. I hope the Holy Ghost gives me something to say this time. You expect it to work. Jesus said these same signs will work just like that. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick. And they, the sick, shall recover. These signs shall follow the believing ones. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Now, folks, tell me something. What's the difference? Tell me what the difference is. In Jesus calling the 12 together in Luke chapter 9 and giving them power and authority to cast out devils and to heal sickness and disease. And Mark 16 where he said, these signs shall follow the believing ones. What's the difference? Is Jesus not saying you have authority to cast out devils and heal the sick? Along with speaking new tongues, taking up serpents, meaning having authority over all the power of the devil. And if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. He's talking about divine protection. What's the difference? What's the difference? If we let the disciples be an example to us because they're human just like we are, what's the only thing that kept it from working for them? Unbelief. Could they control that? Not really. Their job was to minister. Their job was to preach. It's the job of the individuals to accept it. And Jesus is saying exactly the same thing. He's saying you as a believer. He's not talking about ministers. He's not saying to you apostles you've got something special. Because if that were the case then only apostles could be believing ones. Yet John said 1 John chapter 3 verse 23 it says this is the commandment that we must follow. Two things. Number one to believe on the name of Jesus. In other words to be saved. Second to love one another as he gave commandment. Well now that sounds a lot like what this is. Believing on his name, in his name we'll do these things. He's talking about the power and the life of God within us that enables us, equips us to break the power of the devil and to exercise authority over sickness and disease. There is no difference between what Jesus gave the apostles in Luke chapter 9 and what he gave us because we're children of God. No difference whatsoever. No difference whatsoever. We have authority to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We have authority. Now, what's the, what's the fight here? What's the rub? What's the, what's the obstacle that we have to overcome? Well, most of the church won't even lay hands on the sick. Why? For the same reason that it didn't work for the disciples in Matthew 17 and Mark 9. They're afraid it might not work. Their fear keeps them from acting on what the Bible says. Now, folks, I got to tell you, every time I open my mouth to speak with tongues, I have utterance. Every time. 
I've never had the Holy Ghost on a bad day. I've never once opened my mouth to speak with other tongues and had the Lord speak to me and say, not today, I'm busy. Too busy to give you utterance today. It works every time. Then you tell me, since they're the same signs, equal signs for the believing ones, I don't have to be called to the ministry to speak in tongues, do you? That's not something that belongs to just a select few. It belongs to anybody that receive it, right? And it works every time for us when we work it. Now, I've never yet had the Holy Ghost force me to speak in tongues when I didn't want to. So it's not dictated or governed by him. It's governed by me. I step out and he's there with the utterance. So how often is laying hands on the sick supposed to work? Every time. Every time. Every time. I could stand here all night and tell you stories about times that we've laid hands on the sick and seen people recover. I've seen tumors disappear. I've seen fevers disappear. I've seen all kinds of things happen when I laid hands on the sick and very, very seldom have ever felt anything happening at the time. I'm talking about in me. There have been times where I've laid hands on the sick and I was aware, spiritually aware. I perceived in my spirit that something was happening. The power was going out of me and into somebody else. But I didn't, very rarely, very, very rarely, like once in a million, have I ever felt something before it happened? It doesn't work by feeling. It works by acting. It works by obeying. It works by obeying. And it's supposed to work every time. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they, the sick, shall recover. 